0: Nearly 8.47. Let's get up close this Friday. Children's Day, Professor Jung Hwang of Hangul University of Foreign Studies Law School. Thank you for coming in on the national holiday.
1: Good morning and happy Children's Day to you, Alex.
0: Well, we're all children,
1: aren't we? Of course, and, and I hope that everybody remembers that, you know, we, we should not forget that, you know, we don't really change all that much, really. We're, we're all the offspring of somebody, right? Exactly.
0: Um, but... Um, we are also rather distracted, I'm sure. You are, anyway, by the local political situation. Course, the so
1: called Rose election That's because right. of the season. I mean I mean I'm sure unless you've been hiding under some rug and if you live in Korea you've been bombarded with you know, news after news after news cycles, and if you're a Korean, you know, I'm sure you've been watching at least some of the debates that have been going on.
0: Yeah, I've just seeing them going around the streets, sometimes with more passion than the candidates themselves. Their absolutely.
1: Supporters. People dancing, music blaring, and you might think that what is going on? Well, we're, we're almost at the end. You know, Tuesday is election day already, as you pointed out earlier in the segment. You know, a lot of people voted early yesterday and today, so we'll see. You know, it's been a lot of excitement.
0: And it, this rose election tag, that's because it, it's a spring election but That's it's a right. later spring
1: election so it's not the cherry blossom. That's right, exactly. It, to coincide with the rose season. But, you know, let's keep in mind that the reason that we're actually having a rose election instead of, you know, winter election, you know, Korea was supposed to have a presidential election in December but it was all because of the you know, impeachment and candlelight rallies and so, so forth. But somehow I think all that discourse has sort of drifted away. It's kind of weird, you know, mean the well, debates no one's really talking about them anymore.
0: Well, what what do we know about roses, Professor Huang?
1: With respect to election, not much. I mean, well,
0: no. Well, I'll tell you. I've I, 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 I've got a point while ah. I'm going down this this now particular you have path. you a fascinating hypothesis. Let's hear this. <laughs> well, I, it's not really that fascinating. But roses also have thorns. Of course, yes. There we go. And let's talk and
1: what about thorns. What thorns l- should we be talking about? Let's
0: talk about those thorns. There's a lot of thorny issues. Oh, of Sometimes course, yes. it's the thorn. That's absent, that's sharpest. Like, for example, the uh, protests. Do you think that's partly because people thought that, you know, all those protests served their purpose, they ousted the president, and now it's suspended to see what happens next
1: i suppose the people who participate in those protests are sort of in a wait and see mode but at least the vibe that i'm getting from the politics at least political circles is that hey we've had that in the past let's move on let's put things under the carpet and it seems almost you know the political class as well as the prosecutors are sort of trying to cover things up rather than really you know trying to really get to the bottom of things I mean, the prosecutors have already said that they're actually winding down uh, the investigation, but there are still big unknowns that are uh, out there and that has not been investigated. and I wonder what's really going to happen
0: well. It reminds me of a topic we had earlier in the show. We talked about Korea's press freedom, media mm-hmm. freedom, according to Reporters Without Borders, actually moving up seven places this year to sixty third. Still sixty third out of one hundred and eighty countries. Well, I, I, I'm not glass particularly... half full, half empty. I think. Well, yeah, but but we've gone so far down the list yeah, under exactly. Park that yep. we still haven't gained that ground, and. I I think that's very much linked to this because this was driven by the media, but obviously if there's that perception that they're still not free to act, then we haven't gone far enough yet.
1: Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, we are thankful. We should be thankful on one hand that through the media's effort, a lot of a lot has been uncovered. But at the same time, how has these things been sort of going on without, you know, a lot of media scrutiny for four years? I mean, you know, it's definitely, I think, glass half full, half empty as situation. I think there's a lot of room for improvement.
0: Um, by the way, just on the subject of early voting, to move chronologically through this, uh, we saw yesterday big response, nearly 5 million people yes. would passed the 5 million mark this morning mm-hmm. as of nearly an hour ago. So uh, it looks like it's going to be relatively high Yes. Uh, in the very first time we've seen this in a presidential election. So it's hard to analyse the effect it will have. But they're already saying we might see turnout of more than 80%. That surely plays into... Uh, The hands of, of liberal
1: candidates, that's generally the way it plays out. I don't know. I mean, if it was in the U.S., I might say so. But in Korea, the demographic is such that actually the the largest and the most uh, uh, you know hardcore voting class are the people above you know age of fifty, which tend to be very conservative. So I'm not really sure the turnout really favors one or the other. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll be very agnostic about whether the uh, is really with a progressive uh, advantages or conservative advantages from my point of view.
0: Right, I mean, and what you've just said makes a lot of intuitive sense, but isn't part of that though that all the over 60s and over 50s who are eligible generally vote and they'll 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 make sure that turnout <laughs> hits right. a reasonable percentage Absolutely. but in order
1: to get to 80% you've got to have younger people voting as well Exactly that's exactly the argument that says that you know the high high voting turnout is advantageous for the progressive the candidates but in the, on the on the other hand if you look at the past data the high voting t- t- turnout is actually driven by a lot of older people kind of turning out at the uh, at the last minute so right. I mean definitely two- at work, and you know, um, I, I wish I had more more data to look into it. But at this point, I guess I don't have enough information well, to say one We can study of. that after the election, absolutely, and it'll be fascinating. Yep. And
0: and again, tying this back with the candlelight rallies, I thought the whole point of that was that it smashed through these uh, generational boundaries. We had people who said they'd been Pakenham fans, absolutely, out on the street protesting. They wanted a new career. They were of all ages from. You know, toddlers to beyond pensioners, people who collected their pension 20 years ago on the streets. Exactly. So, are you worried that that spirit's gone then? Is that
1: what you're well, saying? Well, I think it's being sort of covered up. That's the concerning part. You know, Pakuna actually had approval rating of about 4%, but what I, what we're seeing right now is about a con- solid conservative blog about, about 25%, which will be, you know, very, very basically will say, you know, anybody from the progressive side is basically pro-North Korea and pro-communist, and it's unacceptable. And it seems that, you know, if you sort of think back about why we're having a, this election, this is not really about North Korea. This is about the fact that we've had a system that kind of covered a huge network of corruption and, basically a Manchurian candidate for four years Mm. and that entire debate and the fact that everything hasn't been really uncovered and, you know, reformed has been sort of covered up in the debates. And it's a little strange that how the whole the candlelight r- rally has become kind of a, you know, non-issue. And in, in fact, Korean election commission has actually commented that you cannot really use the word candlelight when trying to turn people out. I mean, the different offices have a different interpretations. It's almost seems like that there's some kind of concerted effort to sort of, you know, forget about the candlelight rallies.
0: Curious. Um, what about the outcome if we just look a little bit further ahead um, to the victory of and defeats that we're going to see it'll be a several defeats and one notable victory but will it be a true victory when the National Assembly is sliced up between all these party interests and you've still got to get a majority to push through your legislative agenda
1: exactly I think that's the biggest uh, worry basically I mean no matter I mean although we have a very one strong candidate in terms of the poll results no matter who becomes elected on, on Tuesday night nobody will have any uh, more than 120 votes in the uh, uh, National Assembly out of 300 so nobody has uh, uh, solid majority and there 's a very split, strong personal animosity as well as you know political calculation going on so it doesn 't seem like you know even if you look at all five candidates, none of them will ha- really have a solid majority going forward, so I think any new big, grand legislative agendas are sort of doomed to fail. It'll purely have to be executive action. Although, if you think about, you know, reforming the prosecutors and reforming how the uh, Korean Fair Trade Commission deals with tables and so forth, there's a lot that uh, the Korean presidents can do. But in terms of just tr- transformative laws that will actually, you know, uproot a lot of things, I think that, that those will be really hard to pass. And I really don't envy the new president, you know, no. whoever he or she is going to be.
0: But An Cheol-soo talked yesterday about forming a a coalition of reform parties with uh, Yoo Seung-min and Shim sang jong I mean, if we saw that also play out in the Assembly, and I'm not saying it would happen, Mm -hmm. but if it did... The Biden Party, the Justice Party, and People's Party getting together—that would be a significant block, wouldn't it? Yes,
1: yeah, significant. But even if you count up all their votes, that's about seventy votes out of three hundred. Because, but they're, you know, the they're going to be able
0: to block agendas.
1: Exactly, they could be block agendas. And basically, it, w- what we have is you know basically splinters who all sort of have a veto power. But doesn't really have the power to push through on the legislative mm. uh, agenda. So what I will think is, you know, a lot of you know horse trading going on, and ultimately, the next national assembly with the president trying to reform some of the stuff. I think we'll see a lot of you know blockages happening at the same time.
0: But after this election, this is something that we will pick up when we look at the data. We are bound to see some changes in the assembly. We've just had the parliamentary election last year. We're going to have to see lawmakers continue to sort themselves out because we didn't quite have enough time for the Conservatives to reform. We saw the Baran party quickly split away. Exactly, But, you know, really, that was not a process that was allowed to play out naturally because of the snap election. Absolutely, and um, yeah. Professor Huang, uh, I just wanted to make that final point as a closing remark because we are out of time, but I can't wait to see you next Friday after the election date. And
1: I'm sure we have a lot to go over that. Yep, exactly.
0: Professor Zhang Huang, up close in the studio out of Hancock University Foreign Studies Law School do make sure you vote either today or wait till Tuesday if you must but do vote one way or another we'll be back Monday to pick it up again at 7.05